The views expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. This morning, sweeter than a morning snack. Guess who would like some brew? Oh, and make that coffee black. Well, greetings one and all, and welcome to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show, the great reality with Tony J. Good morning. Bruce H. Hey, hey, hey. Marvar. Hey, what's going on? And me, the Monty Man. Snazzy as a Cadillac. I'm up, so grab your cup. I got my cup. <laughs> Lots of coffee. Shots, Shots of, coffee. of coffee. Lots of coffee. Oh, yeah. Make that coffee black. Mm, yes, indeedy. And I'm not my I'm not my chipper old uh, sing-along self as much this week. Uh, I, Monty, I was wondering why you aren't singing. The Monty Man has a code in his nose. <laughs> <laughs> You know that feeling where you feel like you're kind of in another dimension, uh, but you're not? Like the beginning stages when you feel like coming Yeah, out? it's not flu. It's just, you know, you kind of, yeah. <laughs> I call that a wet wash rag. I, that's what I feel like. I feel like a wet wash rag. No. And I got things to do today. Dog, got it? Got Ask places to go ones. and people to see and <laughs> stuff. Yeah, there you go. You know what it could be? What? You're you're feeling the sadness of the Hawks when the Saints beat them and your body's like bringing it in because it's in the air. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, I have Hawks to sneak and, that in. No. <laughs> she's, a, she's, a, she's a sports person. I'm oh, not. Oh, God. Yes. Aren't you? Uh, yeah, I think a little overboard sometimes. You go wackadoodle with it. I am. Marv is here. Hey. Marv was here two weeks ago. He... he, he Made a surprise visit. I know. And so now he's in the studio with us. We're going to grab him every time we can. He doesn't know that. (laughs) And for quite a topic. Yes, the topic this week is, of course, life in the fast lane. The tagline is, do we have a choice? Do we have a choice in what? Do we have a choice? Well, primarily we're talking about uh, when we have the obsession to use or drink mind-altering substances or drink alcohol and use mind-altering substances. Boy, my head's cloudy. <laughs> uh, when when we have the obsession, and we're talking about the, it's not removed. Uh, uh, it has not been removed. Do we actually have a choice to pick up or not? Is it something that we can just say, well, you know, that's nah, probably not wise. I don't think I'll do that. <laughs> uh, you know, do we have the choice or uh, or not? And um, it, is a, it is a question that is... Old as, you know, if God could do anything, can he make a rock so big he can't move it kind of thing? You know, it can kind of sound kind of like a silly question. And yet there are some people that will argue this point. And Mm. uh, we're going to talk about what the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous says about it and maybe some of our thoughts on it as well. So uh, that's that's coming up here in just a few minutes. Um, But before we before we get into that, uh, Tony, how, how was your week? My week? Yeah. Long, but my weekend amazing. Yeah, amazing? Yeah. Was the weekend amazing because of the game? Yeah, that's all. 
Go Saints. I, I see. No, just Sunday was amazing. Sunday was amazing. Yeah. It was the best day of my dang life. Ow. <laughs> I Can't, thought the best day of her life was the okay, first when day I got she sober, was in the studio. Well, no, you the first day you came well, in the studio. Yeah, but see, I think you can have one best day of your life a year because it keeps. That's you going. a contradiction. I know, <laughs> but I'm also Italian. We contradict ourselves all the time. No, I'm kidding. I had a great weekend. All right, Bruce, you're Italian. <clears throat> no, I'm Mexican. Remember? <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> Bruce oh, thought I was Mexican when I first started the show. Yeah, and then she switched. <laughs> yeah. I love you. I love you, boys. I don't know what I would do without you. Ask me how my week done. How was your week, Bruce? It's been better than Scoot the week up to before. your mic there, it's buddy. It's been better than the week before. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that things are starting to come together, and uh, I feel pretty good. And, yeah? Yeah. And, Did you go to church and, Sunday? No. <sighs> Did you go to the meeting last night? Yes. All right, you redeemed yourself. <laughs> no, I don't think I did. You know, I, 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 I'm gonna have to start thinking about uh, getting somebody to come by. You know, pick you up. Yeah, I wouldn't. I was so lightheaded, I didn't want to get in the car. Yeah, mm-hmm. and do that. Well, that's okay because the word church is Greek. Uh, it comes from the word ecclesia, which simply means a group of people called out for a specific purpose. So it's a word they used in the New Testament for town council meeting. So um, what are we right now but a group of people called out for a specific purpose, right? Yeah. We're the church. Yeah. 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 You you bet. Yeah, I got that. But I, I'd i like to fellowship. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. So Marv, how you doing, buddy? Oh, Not too bad you, you, for an old differ. For an old differ. <laughs> <laughs> I quoted you last week. Somebody asked me a question. I said, I can't know. Yeah. They go, what? I go, never mind. Well, Oscar asked that too. What does that mean? I'm glad I'm not the only think, one who was confused. I think it's literal. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty yeah, much. I don't know, and I probably can't. Yeah. yeah. I quoted hmm. him too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I quote him a lot. I'm you just going to say the yeah. looks I get. I can't know. <laughs> I go, when, I say, when I go, yeah. I think it makes sense now, though. Yahoo. <laughs> Mm, something like that. I'm quoting Marv. <laughs> so Mar- Marv is in the studio with us, um, and we joke around about cowboy stuff because Marv really is, he's, he's a cowboy. He's, you know, that, is, that, is that something that's dying out, Marv, you think? The true, the true cowboy? Or do you uh, think it's alive and well? No, I think it's alive and well. It, it's a different kind of culture. Yeah. And... Uh, if you look for it, you're going to find it. Right. Um, you just can't walk through. Like I was, I was mentioning earlier off the air. I was mentioning like I was walking through coastal farms, and I I thought, wow, I could really get into this. But just walking <laughs> through coastal farms is not what makes you a cowboy. No. Or putting on a cowboy. Wasn't there a song about that? Something about I just don't put, know. putting on a ca- cowboy <laughs> hat and doesn't make you a cowboy or something like that. <laughs> I'm not touching that. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> But Marv is. I mean, uh, he is. He's OG. OG. What's that? Original gangster, but the cowboy way. Oh, <laughs> original. original. You go to gangsta. Eastern Oregon. My my um, grandparents lived in Condon, and uh, you see cowboys everywhere. Yeah, I oh, can't think of the word. Well, cowboys I was in everywhere. I was in Prescott, Arizona, last week, mm-hmm. and walked into a place called the Palace. It's a it's a an old one of the oldest saloon. 
and then diner kind of things. You know, it's a big restaurant and, and everything. And um, the people dress up that live in Prescott. Mm. That is that is common garb for them. I mean, because there's open carry in Arizona. These guys have got six shooters and around their waists with the bullets in them and cowboy hats and the boot. And I'm telling you, and the women are wearing this stuff like from back in the day. And they, that's cool. that's how they dress. That's right. A lot of people in Prescott mm-hmm. just dress like that every day. Yeah, it's a trip. Yeah, I I used to go there. Did you? Yeah, and visit all the time. Well, I lived on the river in, right. there in Arizona, and I've been to Prescott and all those places. I was impressed. Yeah, and believe me, these people, when they go out and chase cows, I'm uh-huh. telling you, out they're out there in that bush. They get their cells tore to pieces out there if they didn't yeah. know how to dress. Right, you know? right, right. You. So this one guy comes walking in, and, I mean, he's like, Six foot five or something. Oh my god! You know, big big guy. <laughs> my god! Yeah. Um, built like uh, just like a just like a refrigerator, you know. <laughs> and he's got all the garb on, and he is looking pretty mean. He's looking for somebody, right? And what I found out was, <clears throat> well, you know, image is everything. <laughs> <laughs> image is everything. But I found out that that during the week he will come in to the palace and and walk through it about five or six times a day and just do that. And that's just who he is. And they love him. I mean, he just walks in there. He doesn't have a badge on him, but he's just this guy and he puts on this this thing like he's I'm looking for the man who shot my paw kind Ooh, of thing. A yeah. live prop. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I could probably help him out. So that's Prescott, Arizona. Yeah, that sounds fun, though. Yeah, it does sound fun. All right, so uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna go to our first uh, our first little break here and come back with some trivia. Uh, this week's trivia in um, a celebration of our uh, of our topic, a life in the fast lane. Do we have a choice? Is um, things that are really fast. Things that are really fast. So hold on, to your recovery horses. We'll be back right after this. Serene Scene Magazine is published for individuals who are seeking knowledge, support, and hope. Addiction is a systemic problem, and the content of Serene Scene reflects the complexity of putting addiction into remission, with special attention given to the loved ones of the addict. And now, here's Andrew Martin, Editor-in-Chief for Serene Scene. I'm Andrew Martin, creator of Serene Scene Magazine. The whole purpose of Serene Scene Magazine is to help people help themselves to a long-term quality lifestyle of recovery. Please have a look at some of the technological features that it has, the audio files and the video files that are incorporated into the publication as well. I hope you have fun with it and I hope there's something there for you. Serene Scene, a magazine for long-term healthy lifestyles of recovery. Visit www.serenescenemagazine.com and subscribe today. And now, yes, it's the quiz of the week. Yes, indeedy. That's right, everybody. 
everybody, it's time for Take 12 Radio's Quiz of the Week. Sponsored by that recovery magazine, the 12-Step Gazette. Visit their website at 12stepgazette.com. Now, here's the Monty Man. Thank you, Cecil. And the Quiz of the Week, brought to you by uh, 12-Step Gazette. Uh, according to listverse.com, um, these are four uh, really, really fast things. Topics yeah. about really, really fast things. All right. So here's here's question number one. The fastest man alive is nicknamed, and these are your choices, the Flash, Lightning Bolt, or the Shimmer. Ooh. <laughs> I he, like that last one. That's why I'm going to say the, the Shimmer. You're going to say Shimmer? Okay. What do you think, Bruce? The Flash. The Flash, what do you think there, Mark? Uh, it's got to be the Flash. The Flash? <laughs> well, sorry, guys. You're I was all right. In, you're all incorrect. Oh, nice. No. It's Lightning Bolt. Uh, oh, U- dang. Usain St. Leo Bolt CD. That's his full name. Born uh, 21st of August, 1986, is a Jamaican sprinter. Bolt holds the Olympic and world records for the 100 meters at 9.69 seconds. Wow. All set at the 2008 Summer Olympics. His name and achievements in sprinting have earned, earned him the media nickname Lightning Bolt. His last name is Bolt. Oh. Um, at the 2009 Berlin World Championships on Sunday, 16th of August, he won the 100-meter final in a new world record at 9.58 seconds. Jesus. Ah, pretty fast guy. Pretty fast guy. He is a lightning bolt. He is a lightning bolt. All right, number two, the fastest production car. Is it a a TKR, an LLG, or a BMW? (laughs) The fastest production car. I would never know other than I looked it up. Is it a TKR, LLG, or BMW, Tony? Well, I'll just say the first one because it has the first two initials of my names. Okay, TKR. All right. Bruce? I have no clue. <laughs> just pick one, Bruce. Okay, the BMW. The BMW? Just because I like the luxury. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Marv? What was the second one? LLG. LLG, huh? I'll go with the second one. LLG. So. <laughs> okay, well, Tony, you're actually correct. It oh, wow. CKR. I had no idea. <laughs> a new uh, 1,005 horsepower supercar. The automaker says it's capable of doing 0 to 70 miles per hour in 1.67 seconds. Sweet Jesus. Wow. Woo. That's a fast car. What's, what's, that's, a, that's a production model? Yeah, production car. What's more, the car reportedly has a top speed of 270 miles per hour, nearly 20 more than the Veyron. Power comes from a 6.0 liter V8 twin turbocharged with dual intercoolers. You know, they used to make that Avanti, and it used to suck the back window out around that speed. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, my <laughs> God. Wow, did it really? Like, yeah. literally? Yeah, it created a vacuum back there. Yeah. It, it suction cup, it sucked that back window right out of it. So, celebrating life in the fast right. lane, <laughs> what is the fastest land animal alive? The fastest land animal alive? A cheetah. <laughs> is yeah, it a, I think it, you're right. Is it a jaguar, a cheetah, or a gazelle? Uh, what do you think, Marv? Well, I kind of think it's a cheetah, but. Okay, Bruce? You going to stick with your answer, Cheetah? The gazelle's pretty quick. What do you think there, Tony? Jaguar, I, Cheetah, Gazelle. I think Cheetah, too. Yep, you're all correct. It is the Cheetah, the fastest land, land animal in the world. The Cheetah is a marvel indeed, capable of running up to 70 miles per hour. I heard it was 80. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that's what I was. I was running around the side of it, clocking it. But hey, you, I, what? <laughs> I had I had to stop because I couldn't I couldn't get my cane to go out there. Were you driving your TKR as you were running alongside of it? I would like to ride on one of those going seventy miles an hour. Jeez. That would be cool. Liz. That would be cool. <laughs> it would. Well, they, you'd then, think if if, if if you was on that animal and it was going that fast. It seemed like it was I know. 90. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, I heard this from a zoologist, Ooh, a zoologist that there are some animals that have more stamina than the cheetah and will actually exhaust the cheetah and then be able to attack the cheetah. Ooh. Because they have more stamina, they're not as quick. But they but can run they them can, out. I think I don't know if it's coyotes. They'll they'll uh, surround them and and hurt them and that kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, all right, and so your last one is the fastest wind. The fastest wind. I didn't even know there are different types of wind. Well, some wind is faster than others. What <laughs> a cyclone? Well, this is your miles per hour. Is it 80 miles per hour, the fastest wind ever recorded, 267 miles per hour, or 318 miles per hour? Uh, the wind, I don't know about 318, but I think, <coughs> oh, boy. I'm thinking of what I was watching during the the hurricanes. I know what I I have to say the middle one. Two sixty seven. Yeah, that seems. What do you think, Bruce? Realistic. I'll go up top just because I three eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> Marv, what do you think? Fastest wind. I'll go along with Bruce. Three eighteen. You guys are correct. It is nice. uh, that. That's a lot of wind. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, you don't stand up in no. it. <laughs> no. I don't think you barely lay down it. <laughs> On May third, nineteen ninety nine, as tornadoes ravaged Oklahoma, scientists measured the highest recorded wind speed at about seven p.m. near Moore, Oklahoma. A wind speed of three hundred eighteen miles per hour was recorded, where a tornado killed four people and destroyed two hundred fifty homes. Wow. Wow. So when I lived in Yosemite National Park, we had a thing called the Mono Winds, which would come come through the valley once in a while. And, you know, the valley is surrounded by huge granite walls. Mm -hmm. And um, the you get these trees that are just covered in snow in the wintertime. And, of course, their root system is not too strong at that point. The trees are top-heavy. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the years I was there, it came through at 80 miles per hour. And it was difficult to stay standing in that. Um, and I'll, I'll never forget, um, some trees fell on one of the tent cabins, Ooh. killing two employees. And then the ambulance showed up, and another tree fell on the ambulance, <gasps> killing the ambulance truck. Shut up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that was 80-mile-an-hour winds. Um, the crazy thing about um, John Muir, who was the man credited with, or I should say the Caucasian man credited with discovering Yosemite Valley, the Iwani Indians were already there. Um, he would climb to the top of these skinny little trees, and he would ride the mono winds clutching to these trees as they bent backwards and forwards. That's what his idea of fun was. <laughs> No. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. You ever watch these tree trimmers when they go up and they cut the top of those things? When they top them? Yeah, well, it's pretty it, pretty trippy. Things going back and forth like this because they just cut the top off. Sweet Jesus. Yeah, how in the world, you know. Yeah, no thank you. No thank you. I can they say actually, that one. They not... actually stand up on the top of those. <laughs> oh, my God. 
All right, we'll be back uh, with the topic, Live in the Fast Lane. Do we have a choice? So go away. Pardon me, dude, are you in the rooms? Bro, I've been going to meetings for years. Yeah, but dude, but are you in the rooms? Bro, I'm in meetings all the time. Of course I'm in the rooms. Yeah, but are you registered on in the rooms? Bro, you're not making any sense. Dude, pay attention. I'm talking about intherooms.com. It's only the world's largest online recovery social networking site mm-hmm. for recovery folks like you and me, dude, or anyone seeking help from any addiction. Y- you get exclusive free access to daily meditations, speaker tapes, and daily online video AA and NA meetings, dude. There are close to 300,000 members who are willing to share their experience, strength, and hope with you, dude. With me? Yeah, with you. Here's what you do. What's that? Get on your computer, your smartphone, or your tablet and type in www.intherooms.com. It's for fun and for free, dude. Dude, what are you doing? Well... I just did what you said. Now, I'm in the rooms. Dude, bro, we're both in the rooms. Dude, bro, yeah. Dude, yeah. Yeah, dude. Hey, bro, uh, I'm hungry. Are you in the pizza? Dude. Oh, dude. In the rooms, the world's largest recovery social networking site with something for everybody. Visit www.intherooms.com and register for free. Welcome back to the show. You're tuned in to Take Tour Radio at takeTourRadio.com on your internet dial. Uh, Tony's here, Bruce here, and Marv is here. And uh, the topic, <clears throat> before I forget, I always forget to do this. Bruce, there you go. <laughs> Tony, Thanks. that's for later. Okay. Uh, the topic is life in the fast lane. Do we have a choice? Do we have a choice? Now, we used to make fun of that. That whole life in the fast lane thing. Uh, good old uh, Joe Walsh and uh, the Eagles singing the song "Life in the Fast Lane," which, which was the bumper music at the beginning of the show. Um, it is really about. If you listen to the whole song, uh, for copyright reasons, I can't play the whole oh. song. <laughs> um, but if you listen to the whole song, it's talking about uh, people that are, are living so fast and so recklessly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they get themselves into some deep trouble. Huh. And uh, they have all the right parties. They've got all the right parties. They have all the right thrills. And they know all the right people and have all the right pills. And they're living in life in the fast lane. Mm-hmm. It'll surely make you lose your mind, the song says. Um, so when when we live like that, and for, for all of us, life in the fast lane looked a little different. Some people was kind of slow if you were an opiate person. <laughs> Some people, it was a little faster if you were a meth person. Somebody, it was a combination of both if you were purely an alcohol person. <laughs> if you were all of them, you were just a bundle of craziness. Um, but the question that arises is, 
Um, when we, uh, this is before the obsession is removed now. So we're not talking about after you've done the work and God's removed the obsession to use a drink. Before that happened, mm-hmm. do we actually have a choice? Now, let me let me qualify this. I'm not talking about the heavy drinker or the drug abuser. I'm talking about the addict and the alcoholic. And we know that there's a difference. Mm. Um, I'm talking about the real deal. The person that when they put alcohol or, or narcotics in their system, they have little or no uh, uh, ability to control how much or how often they put in. And when they're stone cold sober, can they stay that way? Um, that's the one we're talking about. So before we get into this, let me give you Webster, Mary Webster's definition of choice. Uh, it says the opportunity or power to choose between two or more possibilities or the opportunity or power to make a decision. Or care in selecting. Mm -hmm. I find it very interesting that they use the word power here in Webster's Dictionary. The opportunity or power to make a decision. Um, So here is a letter that was actually posted on, uh, uh, this is AA.org, AA's website. This is their electronic website, E-AA Group Discussion Forums. Uh, This says, hi, I'm uh, Taryn and I'm an alcoholic. Lately, I've had a lot of questions about the things I'm hearing at meetings in my area. I haven't uh, been asking them to to anyone, but now I'm pissed off and confused. So I'm going to start. I've heard from a number of people things like, I'm grateful for the gift of choice today, or I don't have to drink today, implying choice. I find this really frustrating because from what I understand as alcoholics, we do not have any kind of choice about whether or not we pick up. We do not have the willpower. Page 24 of the big book, 4th edition, states very clearly, the fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Uh, If we had a choice, that would mean we aren't powerless, therefore not alcoholic. Ergo, we would not need the 12 steps. So that's the first part of her letter. So I'm not going to attack, I'm not going to go over the second part of this yet. Um, yeah, I, I hear there's confusion here. Don't you guys? Isn't she a little confused? I mean, maybe she's being told a couple of things. I think maybe she's getting a couple of things mixed up. So let's open this up. Who wants to go for it first? Well, I can see her first problem right here. She didn't talk to anybody about anything. So I can see where her confusion is coming in because she's not getting any Ah. It not well. We can't give advice, but you know. So the first her first attempt at this is posting something on the internet. Well, no, but talking to somebody—that's why we go to the rooms to talk about this stuff. Right. That's that's my own. So she hasn't asked anybody. It doesn't sound like in the rooms or a sponsor. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, that could be that could be part of her confusion. Why nobody's walking her through this thing? Mm-hmm. That's important to have somebody that knows what the literature is talking about. Mm-hmm. Bruce? I don't believe we do. Have a choice to pick up or not to pick up. That's right. If that was true, then we wouldn't be in the position we're in. Mm. It, our problem isn't our drinking. Our problem is that we can't stay sober. Yeah. I mean, that's the real problem. Why do you drink? When the obsession is locked in, and you were talking about it, mm-hmm. yeah. when it's locked in, then you're going to drink. We just don't know when. 
we just really don't know when. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, that's what I believe. Now, I believe that I'm making the, the decision to pick that up. Right. But there's something driving me to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're powerless over. That's what I'm powerless over. Say there's something... All I got to do is is have that little thing in my head, and it doesn't conform to reason. Right. I can want to stay sober. How many <clears throat> times have we wanted to really stay yeah. sober? And we went out and drank anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, drinking's not the problem. It's our thinking that's the problem. Yeah, and it says it's centered in the mind, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. Watch this. Here's another way to look at it. In step two, it says, came to believe in a power greater than ourselves that can restore us to sanity. Mm-hmm. Not sobriety. Right. It's that insane thought. That's the insanity. Yeah. That doesn't conform to reason, so you can't think it through. You know, and I'm talking about when it's locked in. Right. And that's what God removes. Yeah. Is that, uh, is that obsession. Now I can stay sober. So we'll talk about what happens after God does that. Okay. But but right now we're talking I, about what I, happens before. I don't believe we have a choice. Marv, what's your take on it? Well, <clears throat> uh, in a real sense, I agree with what Bruce is saying. But on the other hand, my own experience back in the day, um, I believe that, uh, that God was working in my life even when I didn't know it. Yeah. And I... I remember t- fleeting times of, of, well, let me put it this way. I wrote a song once. It's called Fool's Highway. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one of the, it's just a sentence in a verse is uh, sometimes the light of truth comes in, but slips away like a straw blown in the wind. Oh. And um, that's, what I remember about my own experience, sometimes that truth would would hit me, but it, it would fade away, and I would mm-hmm. go about self-will run riot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I, I think what I'm trying to say maybe is that I agree with the fact that there may not be a choice. Right. But uh, uh, whether we think there is or not, God's grace still is working in our lives. Yeah. So God can actually be working in a person's life before they turn their will and their life over to him, true? I, I really think so. Yes. Oh, yeah. I've oh, watched definitely. it all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm going, wow, that surprises me. I wouldn't have thought that God could even work with that guy. And, <laughs> and he works behind the scenes a lot of times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Well, I know God was giving me signs before I stopped and listened. And it took getting arrested by the marshals and being forced into sobriety at first. But now I'm glad I, it happened. So, so I didn't see God's wor- uh, uh, signs. So if but but if God, whether we recognize it or don't recognize it, mm-hmm. without the power of God in our lives, we're in trouble, right? Yeah. Well, some of us die. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So all of a sudden. And you know, I... I well, I'm tired of burying people, man. Yeah. You know? Well, uh, you know I, I, it's, it's rough. 
And one thing uh, Tony said right at the beginning, it, it says in this letter, it says, I haven't been asking them to anyone. Mm. And and isn't that typical of the newcomer who yeah. comes in? There, uh, There's so many, well, a hundred forms <laughs> of fear. Right. You yeah. Know, right. Not counting the self-centeredness and and stuff and uh but to me um, when i first came in i, I didn't either I, mm-hmm. I sat my back against the wall i didn't want people next to me yep. and, and all of that stuff. yeah um and oh my god if but, they even spoke to you in the beginning too you know yeah and uh but God was still working in my life, mm-hmm. and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't help if you got some pseudo old timer coming in there and saying, uh, "You have nothing to say. Just don't say anything. Put the cotton, you know, blah blah blah." And so you don't want to talk anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, when you're treated like that. Yeah, I had a saying though that when I had to know that this powerlessness, I had to to stop looking at other people in, in mm-hmm. situations, mm-hmm. and they had me look over my shoulder at that smoke room we call the past right and see if i was powerless or not mm-hmm. me right and my life screamed at that point mm-hmm. that uh you know what i might be and it wasn't i am or i'm not i i really might be powerless having that information mm-hmm. gave me the desire to seek God like I think he was worthy instead of like he was just an old slipper. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, I'm, now I'm pursuing him like he's a diamond ring. Yeah. You know, he's worth something to me, see, because if I don't get him in my life, then I'm going to do this again. I just don't know when. Yep. Now, I'm I'm sitting up there in Roseburg, and I mean, I'm out, I'm out there, you know, doing speed. Right. And I'm 60-some years old at the time. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. pretty pretty nuts. It, yeah, this is just flat nuts. And I, and I understood, <coughs> step one at that point, mm-hmm. that I was powerless over this thing. I wasn't, you know, just an alcoholic or I wasn't just a drug addict. Mm-hmm. I had, I was powerless. That I had every reason not to use mm-hmm. that I used. Mm-hmm. Now, see, the, in the doctor's opinion, I'll say this, then I'll shut up and let somebody else have the mic. It calls us hopeless, chronic, and doomed. Mm-hmm. Them are the three terms that they use. Pretty straightforward. They're, they're heavy stuff, say. And the question is, each one of us, you, Marv, me, and Tony, and you too, yeah, you know what's your name, by the way. <laughs> you too, buddy. It's it's we have to to look at ourselves and see if that's true about us. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some people that it's not true about, but by golly, it, they are still going to need help. Right. You see what I mean? This yeah. thing not could kill you, but for the real deal, the guy they're talking about in the book, mm. it's important for him to see and him to know that if he doesn't. Uh, pursue this thing and he doesn't get a power greater than himself in his life that this is going to take place the cycle is locked in mm-hmm. yeah when that yeah. becomes you're allergic we all know that yeah 
So what happens a lot of times in meetings is we we hear a lot of different things, and sometimes it all kind of runs together. And I, I can see where she's confused. She said uh, she's heard people say, I'm grateful for the gift of choice today, or I don't have to drink today. I think what she's hearing, if I may be so bold to make an assumption, are people that have had the obsession removed, and that therefore they are able to say, I have the gift of choice today, because... For the first time in my life, I have a power I can tap into. There are exactly. people that think they have a choice, though. But I'm talking about the, the true alcoholic that didn't. God removes the obsession, and now they have a power. And so now they they have, for the first time in their See, life, a choice. I don't think we make that assumption from the letter. Well, I don't I, know. These could be yeah. people that think they do and don't, or people that have had the obsession removed and they do. We don't really know. Yeah, I'd have to ask. Right. Yeah, I'd right. have to ask her. Um, okay, so then uh, she goes on, and this is interesting. She says, now, another thing that is baffling me is that I've recently thought about going back out. I've considered stealing alcohol from a local store. Hmm. Going back to places or people I know would hook me up, asking someone to buy me booze. I'm 20, so not old enough to buy. I haven't done it. I was afraid of what that would mean, of ending up at the mission or out uh, in the snow somewhere, homeless again, losing everything I have and any chance of my life improving. I'm making up the fact that I'm still sober to one. Excuse excuse me. She says, I'm marking up the fact that I'm still sober to, number one, fear. And she gives a reference, page eight in Bill's story. And number two, God. Taking God's help for granted, I stopped asking a while ago for help staying sober. I started asking again. I still have tempting thoughts, but I can't control them. Hence, I believe I don't have a choice. See, somebody plan- I, somebody has, or something, or some situation that I get out of that is, is there's a seed planted. She just doesn't know what to do with it. Because mm. you can see the wheels turning. Yeah. Because I didn't think like this in early sobriety. I didn't have that seat. But she did make a choice. Yeah. She's Even still- though she says she don't think she has a choice, she made a choice because of the fear of, of being homeless. and mm-hmm. She hasn't done it yet. Yeah, I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Yeah, God's in her heart. She just needs to find somebody to work with her to get her through that first initial part and then like kind of like driving car you're like so concentrated on everything so don't you think that her ability to not do it yet and i say yet kind of mm. eh, um so far whether she recognizes it or not is because god is giving her the power well she said it herself yeah What's interesting, she says, uh, taking God God's help for granted, I stopped asking a while ago for help mm. staying sober. I started asking again. <laughs> yeah. well, that, uh, to me, that just goes to show you that God's helping you whether you ask or not. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we all know about that fear. It works and it works and it works and, and it, until it don't work no more. Right. The same fear that brought you in the rooms will take you out of the rooms. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. See, and I think she started to get aware of that. Yeah. Now, where she got her information from, or is she is putting this stuff together, uh, I think somebody ought to really gavel her up. She sounds exactly. like, yeah, exactly. She, she, she's just, I think she's responding. 
She wants to learn. Yeah. She wants to know. She's rich. I think this is a perfect candidate for someone to to come up to her and offer help. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it doesn't sound from the letter that she has a sponsor yet or someone to guide her through this. But it it sounds like she's certainly willing. It's interesting what Barb said. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, she's making a choice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she can see that if this thing is really progressive, that she'll end up in a position where one day she won't. Mm -hmm. True. See, if she has that. She may cross the line. I've I've stepped out outside the letter here with Mm -hmm. that. But I I think that uh, if if she's seeing that. If she sees that she's she's just on the cusp of this thing, that's good. Right. That's good. That'll that'll be enough to to start her. And and I think if, the, if she's taught the right way, she'll draw closer and closer to God as she does mm-hmm. this. Um. So it has been it has been stated uh, that you're either alcoholic or you're not. Mm-hmm. And but what we've discovered, uh, and that's real old school. But we've discovered as of the last twenty years mm-hmm. that there's uh, when we're talking about the genetic disposition that there's actually two kinds of genes going on. There's one that it shows up right away, and and as soon as somebody puts booze in their body, mm-hmm. they're done. They're done. They yeah. they they just they 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 experience a phenomenon of craving, and they can't stay sober when they're sober, uh-huh. and they're just done. Um, and so we've said, okay, they've got a genetic disposition to it. Um, it's not created through abuse, but then they've discovered there's also a gene that stays dormant and it can stay dormant for a long, long time. Mm. And a person drinks, they don't have the phenomenon of craving. Um, they don't obsess about it when they're sober and they go for 20 years and something happens and they cross the line. And the big one talks about this. Mm -hmm into alcoholism and it's developed through abuse and it's almost like uh, there's a genetic component that breaks loose after so many years of abuse and then boom, all of a sudden they are allergic to alcohol. So it happens both ways. You can Mm -hmm. either have it at birth genetically or through this abuse of it later on in life. I know people myself that I've worked with that come into Alcoholics Anonymous and get seven years sober. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And then they come back, see, after having that time, and after they go back out, and they want to do the same thing that they did before. They figure that that's how that they could do. And they can't do it. Yeah. They fool around and get a year and a half or a year. Yeah. And they go back out again, you know, because maybe there is a progression. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Maybe there is. I think every time, unfortunately, when somebody goes out, and this is just what I've observed, I'm not saying that's how it is, like it gets harder for them to come back because they're more shameful than they were the time before. So that just, they're breaking themselves down and not allowing Mm. God to be like directing them. And I think that's why it's so, I I actually have a a person in uh, one of my 12-step programs like that and uh each time there's more time in between he comes back and then he just beats himself up more and more and more and more and more. And I haven't seen him for a very long time in the rooms. Yeah. But I've seen him 
on the streets. You know, it's. I was listening to a lady um, the other day tell me uh, that, uh, who's been sober quite a while, she, she said, you know, I think if I went back out, she said, I don't think I could ever come back in. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I thought, wow. Because if you're, I, I think if, ideally, mm-hmm. if you're applying and implementing the principles in these steps, if you have a relationship with God, yeah. and, and she definitely does, mm-hmm. um, if you're moving further away from ego and closer to him, wouldn't you think that if you went back out, you would come back in? I mean, isn't that ego saying, well, if I went back out because of all the shame, I just, I wouldn't come back in. You know what I mean? I'm I'm like, gosh, you would think that the more that this is set with us, if that, that unfortunate circumstance were to happen, wouldn't you be more equipped to be able to come back in? I don't know. I think it, because I, it, with that said, I think that's why they put in the book, and in our literature, it's cunning power or Babbling cunning and power. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would hope that if I went out, if I didn't uh, follow this thing through, if I slacked up on yeah on my growth, right, you know, and, and mm. I stopped reading my Bible and, and doing the things that I believe it takes to to draw closer to have this God consciousness, yeah. Uh, I would hope that that would propel me or put me in a position with those I love that they would come to me and help me, you know what I mean, and try to put me back on the path. Uh, But I I think that I'm going out for the same reason a lot of people do, Mm. because I've let up on the spiritual aspect of this. Yeah. And so I I would hope that I've, I've... have enough relationships today, sure. Like you, Monty, and sure, and uh, Marv, Marv, yeah. And you know how I feel about uh, Rick and some other people that they would, uh, you know, that yeah. they come and mm-hmm. uh, help me get back on the path. You yeah. see what I mean? Right. What's up, brother? Remember, we're brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about you, Marv? If, if that were to happen to you, do you think you'd come back in? Well. <clears throat> I've been sitting here thinking about that, and what does it say? Uh, you know, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Yeah, to the humble. And mm-hmm. uh, usually what happened, that ego takes over, you're back out there again. And, and I think uh, it doesn't matter how many people approach you and say, hey, you know, come back, you know, you're going to die or whatever. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. What matters is what... Uh, your attitude is whether you're humble whether you humble up and yeah exactly so if you do that so you don't even have the ability to hear these people when they come if your ego is um, oh yeah that's he's got a point there you don't have the ability to hear them exactly yeah see and that's the whole god opposes that Mm -hmm. right right that's the whole point we're talking about yeah, you can't even choose to hear him because your ego's in the way. You're powerless over that. And I think some people, I think some people, that's why they talk about this gift of desperation. This right. hitting the bottom, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? <coughs> that's uh, so true. You know, I think that's where that comes from. Right. You know. Right. Well, just like my friend who's out there who, you know, I've tried to reach out to, 
And uh, she's so into her addiction right now. It's what, you know, Marv said. I, there's nothing I can say to her. Yeah. And it, watching what she posts on Facebook, I know she's nowhere ready to come you know, into the rooms. He has a really good point. A really good point. Because when I went out mm-hmm. and I, I locked myself in my motor home, right? Mm-hmm. I was in there for about 21 days. Isolation. Wow. You know, and uh, people would come and knock on the door. And Marv, I wouldn't answer the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. Exactly. Yeah. You wouldn't or you couldn't? I wouldn't. Mm. You know, I just, I, I didn't want anything to do it. I'm not still drinking. Yeah. But the, like she was talking about the shame, I, I didn't I didn't want to have anything right. to do with the neck with that AA. Mm-hmm. Sure. You see what I mean? Yeah, my uh, the guy that the, the guy that took me to, through the twelve steps went back out after seven years um, and never came back. Mm-hmm. And he had that as a heck with a heck with those people, heck with this, and he's still mad. And this is years have gone by, years and years and years and years. And from what I understand, he's not drinking, but he don't want to do with any of us. Wait, nothing. Still mad. Yet? Still mad. Resentments is the number one killer. She goes on to say, she closes her letter out. She says, uh, this is Taryn talking. It also states on page 57, save for a few brief moments of temptation, the thought of drink has never returned. And at such times, a great revulsion has risen up in him. Seemingly, he could not drink even if he would. Mm-hmm. That implies to me that once the problem has been removed, we don't have a choice about going back out. It's up to God. <laughs> Very interesting statement. Yeah. Very but you play a part. I do believe that we play a part in that. You know, and it's yeah. to to do his his work instead mm-hmm. of our own. Right. To learn to uh, be spiritual instead of secular. Mm. Yeah. See, we're yeah. we're trying to 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 walk a spiritual path because if we don't, we're going to use. Mm-hmm. We're going to drink. We can't play what if, God. God what if, is God. What if that's the truth? Mm-hmm. What if it takes a power in our lives to keep us sober? Yeah. To keep us sober, not yeah. to, to to make us all right when we're out there drinking. Yeah. Right, right. And I believe that I need him for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that's amazing stuff. And, and you know that's... Not everybody thinks that way. No, believes that. they don't. Even well, yeah. when they read it, they don't believe it. Well, I don't even think that, you know, the normies, as we call them, realize what a hostage we are to our own minds and bodies while we're, you know, dealing with all this. Yeah. And, and then it's not even about the alcohol. It's about a spirit. Exactly. Yeah. Was that, Marv? We still are well, a hostage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> well, no, I'm... I'm thinking about uh, Monty didn't read on there, but somewhere right here. Um, let me try to find this. I okay. I still have tempting thoughts, but I can't control them. Mm-hmm. Hence, I believe I don't have a choice. Well, the bigger book says be transformed by the renewing of your mind yep and um and part of what aa does has done for me Mm -hmm. um has changed the way i think 
and so so has the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. So is, has God. Exactly. The problem is, uh, like what she's saying, I still have uh, these thoughts. Yeah. And if I, she says I can't control them. Well, the fact of the matter is, you can control mm-hmm. them. <clears throat> you have that choice to uh, either say, "Okay, uh, I accept what I'm thinking," or reject it. Exactly. Yeah, through the power of God, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and uh, alcoholism is cunning, baffling, powerful. and powerful. Yeah. <clears throat> it sneaks up on me, and mm-hmm. I've been around a while. Yeah. It still sneaks up on me. It still causes me grief in my life. Mm-hmm. So this gal being new, uh, it sounds like anyway um, – how much more for her? Mm-hmm. You bet. Even exactly. though, yeah. e- even though we have uh, quote unquote these spiritual tools and stuff, mm-hmm. how much more for her? Remember the the third step prayer though. It, it, I it, love that prayer. It says to relieve us of the bondage, bondage. of self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we start to realize that the freedom comes from the release of the bondage to ourselves, mm-hmm. we're we're in bondage. Yeah. Yep. You see what I mean? And and I think that that's what that ninth step's all about. When you come, when you start to understand, when you make those amends, because you to make a proper amends, you have to learn something about forgiveness. Forgiveness for how all that God has forgiven you for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. Then you can make a proper <coughs> amends, and uh, you start to see the freedom. Now I can't describe it. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm free. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I could sure go back. But boy, it's a daily thing. And Paul talks about that. Dying, dying to yourself daily, taking off the old, putting on the new. This is a daily thing. So we are in, we're very much in bondage on a daily basis and very much can experience freedom on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But we can't fuel today's freedom with yesterday's exactly. recovery. I'm, I'm constantly trying to to feed myself, you know, and I do it with the Bible to too. Uh, have God renew my mind, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To to give me yeah. uh, idea, you know, to think about other things instead of this this mm-hmm. obsession with drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. See, and that's why I today I I understand that, and that's why I say that God is the most precious thing there is in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amen. You know. And I think the misconception it, it, I hear in the rooms too is, you know, you do the step once and then you're you're done doing steps. No, life's going to happen. Situations are going to change. Life is going to happen in your own life. You need to get everything out once a year. Like I do my steps once a year with my sponsor and everything is different each year. I think sometimes we're talking about semantics. I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. go through a formal working anymore, but I know how to apply and implement my four step. I know how to make an amends process. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll have to do some journaling and things like that. I've been able to take that whole package of the 12 steps yeah. and mold it into kind of a prescription, <laughs> you know, for me to, to – to, we talked about learning, you know, you intuitively know how to deal with things that used to baffle Apple you. Us, yes. You know, I'm able to force step some things – in the in the middle of it, yeah, which, yeah, you know, and that's that, like the daily inventory. That can yeah. be dangerous, Marty. That can be dangerous. That's why we have the fellowship. That's why we have you and me and Marv uh, to where we right. can 
talk to one another for we can push some of these things out of the way because mm-hmm. we'll want to make decisions that we oh, want. Yeah, well, well, I mean, look at step five. How do I apply step five today, even though I, I, I did a formal working that years yeah. ago? How do I apply that? Well, I, I call somebody up and I talk mm-hmm. to him about, you know, yeah. what's going on. And I've got to be accountable. Like Marv, that, that defiance in us when he, he was talking about you can tell people something. What I try to do is get the person to see themselves. That's them telling them. Yeah. You know, it's not me. The minute I say you have to do this, you know what they do? What they did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I know. I know. It's crazy. So, Tony. Well, that's what I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, how do I do this? You do this. Oh, I don't want to listen to that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they say suggestions. Tony, how can people listen to the show? All right. Well, you can listen and download all of our shows by going to Take12Radio.com and clicking on the Listen Online button. Or subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also follow us on Podomatic and download all. <clears throat> excuse me. Download our app for iOS or Android. So you have a choice. A choice. Yes, a choice. <laughs> Becoming a member of Podomatic is free, and when you become a member of our Podomatic site, you can comment on the shows, click on the like button, and we ask that every time you tune in that you click the follow button. This helps with our demographics, and we can see who is enjoying the show. You can also visit it on our YouTube channel, which is my parents' favorite one, at youtube.com forward slash Monty Meyer for hundreds of archived shows. All these are uh, all the methods are available at take12radio.com. And Bruce, how can they get a hold of us? Hey, this is for if you want to tell us something. You know, it says mm-hmm. if you'd like to send us an email and tell us what you like or don't like about the show, you can do that by emailing it at take12radio at comcast not dot net. <laughs> and do that. We really, really want to hear. Yeah, from you. yes, exactly. we do. We do indeed. And and uh, uh, Marv, uh, how can they ride up on their horse? <laughs> Very carefully. <laughs> Make sure that the guns don't go off. <laughs> All right, our closing song is by Beth Champion Mason, and uh, I, I love this song. I love her. She got a, a great voice. Uh, she's a recovery recording artist, and she simply states in this song, "I want to live like that." Here's Beth.
to our next broadcast. It's Tony, Bruce, Marvin, the Monty Man. We're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Oh, yeah, make that coffee black. Kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs>